You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And pretty much take everything we talked about last episode and throw it out the window because they pretty much debunked all of our criticisms about the the Burrs are online not scoring, about the power play not scoring, uh, and just about their their lack of energy in general. They've they've won three straight. Uh, they defeated the Wild 5-2 to two on Saturday. They blew the Sabres out of the water 7-0 the following day. Um, so Bridget and Scott, a lot to like from this weekend's slate of games for the Bruins. Yeah, for sure. They are, they are fully back on track. It's like that team meeting they had Thursday morning um, after, you know, losing three of four, losing to the lowly Blackhawks. It's like, they just decided, okay, we're, we're done with this. Like we're, we're going to go back to dominating now. And they have, you know, took the game against Winnipeg, you know, maybe not a like a totally dominant game. Um, you know, final score is three, nothing, but Winnipeg had some chances. Swayman had to be really good. Uh, you know, there were still some things that were a little off, which I think we covered, you know, whether it was the top line or the power play or, you know, breakouts were a little rough but then you get to the weekend and it's like they're backfiring on all cylinders you know minnesota wild were red hot they were on a 14 game point streak going into that and they beat them top line steps up has a dominant game sunday and buffalo everyone steps up like just a total team effort and they do it you know sunday and buffalo like that could have been the game where you, you would have actually like understood if they just had an off day and didn't really show up because it would have been like, okay, well they already pulled themselves out of that skid beating Winnipeg and Minnesota. It's second day of a back to back, this travel, it's the end of a road trip. Krejci's out. Montgomery says soreness. I think it's probably as much rest as anything. I don't think he's that banged up. Um, Dmitry Orlov gets a rest day. So you're like, everything's in place to, you know, just kind of cruise and not have a great game. And yet clearly they were determined to finish the road trip strong. Multiple players talked about, you know, the difference between a three and two road trip is a good road trip. Two and three is a bad road trip. So they did seem to put some emphasis on coming out of this five game road trip with a winning record. And they just took it to the Sabres literally right from the start. Bergeron scoring 15 seconds in and the Sabres were the ones who looked disinterested, who looked like, they were playing a back-to-back with travel, which they weren't. They they were rested. They played Friday, but had Saturday off. Um, should have been a desperate team. You know, they 
they're not totally out of the playoff picture yet, although they keep slipping further and further back. Yeah, they've um, I mean, they've lost what they've only won two of their last eleven games, I think. So yeah, they've had a few ties in there, but they you know you're not taking a lot of points if you're only won two of your last eleven. Yeah, it, it looks like their their season's probably over. Like they're they look like they they might you know be ready to potentially make the playoffs this year, and they're not. They're at least a year away. So good on the Bruins though to. You know, yeah, they caught the Sabres on a terrible day, which the Sabres also had a terrible day the last time these two teams played. That was a seven to one game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Bruins just brought it and closed strong and they come back home feeling good about themselves when just less than a week ago they they were not feeling good at all. Yeah, and I did think it was interesting what like we we played the clip on Sunday skate yesterday, um, with Razor, but when Montgomery was saying that the reason why the like that they the team thinks there was a lapse was because they clinched and it coincided with them clinching first place and also like clinching a clinching, playoff spot. Yeah, that's what I mean. Clinching a playoff spot. Um, they are still in first place, but uh, they had never done it so early, so they're not like they weren't used to having all of this time left in the season to not worry about making the playoffs. Um, and that you know, there, it's not a coincidence that that clinching and the fall off happened at the same time. Um, but clearly they seem to bounce back in and handle everything uh, differently this weekend. Um, that, that Bergeron goal, 15 seconds in, I think I heard Dale say this after the game. I'm not sure if it's true or what, but um, that, that's the fastest game winning goal in NHL history because nobody scored after it. So I don't, I, I know people have scored quicker than 15 seconds in, but I don't think any of those were game winners. So um, potentially was the fastest goal. Uh, I'd have to, I don't know where Dale found that stat, but. Um, I think it sounded like he was kind of just guessing or like taking an educated <laughs> guess at it, but. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if anyone actually found that to confirm it. At I have no idea. I, how like I, I, I tried just a quick Google and nothing popped up immediately. So I was like, "Well, that's all I have time to do." So yeah. I was, you know, put a, I put a lot of homework into that one. Anyway, it was one of the fastest, if not. Um, and that was really the beginning of the end. And by the, you know, was it three, three nothing after eleven minutes? Um, and it was just. It was ugly from that point on. It was like, I, it's over. Um, they had a shot of like Jeff Skinner on the bench, just looking sad. And I was like, oh, they just don't want to be here anymore is what it seemed like. But good for Swayman. Uh, seven nothing shutout was they were just having so much fun after the game. He was doing his press conference and all Mark put a chicken wing in his mouth <laughs> while he was about to start talking. And then I saw another video the Bruins put up where Brendan Carlo came and was trying to annoy him with a pizza also during the during the interview so they were just having a good time again and that's that you know that's what they've been doing all season but except for you know stretch of four games that we talked about not being their best i just have to say if the bruins are going to make uh, a habit of bringing food to post-game media scrums they better bring enough for us um... but I, I can just see scott like putting his mouth open for a chicken <laughs> wing <laughs> like <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining it so i think i think the bergeron goal is a good place to start though because for me that's the most that's the biggest takeaway of the of this weekend's games is 
picking up what we left off on last episode, which was the 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 lack of production from that Bergeron line over the last you know ten games or so. Um, we I had mentioned I think over their last sixteen combined games or eighteen combined games, Bergeron, Marshan, and DeBrus combined for like seven points over that span. While in their last uh, they have they've combined now for fifteen points in their last six combined games. Obviously, the last two games, both all three of those guys have five points in the last two games, um, and they just look great doing it. Like DeBrusque was using his speed, Martian was tenacious in the four check, Bergeron was cerebral in the slot and getting open and just very opportunistic. And those three were playing how they play when they're on top of their games, and they did so against two teams that you guys mentioned. Where well, Minnesota certainly has been feeling it, um, but they're both playing for like you know desperate hockey. They should be at least those those two opponents. And and for me, that's the biggest takeaway. The power play was great too. Um, to get some power play goals in the back of that was huge for this team's confidence. But the 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 emergence for that top line again, which I we all knew was inevitable. But again, it's about playing with confidence heading into the playoffs. And for me, it's just it's it's better to see it sooner than later. And we were able to see it this weekend. Yeah, on the power play, so now Pasternak, power play goal in back-to-back games, he'd gone 21 games without a power play goal before Saturday, which is just crazy. I mean, that's a quarter of the season, and you just don't expect to see that from Pasternak. But it's not just a Pasternak thing. Like, it speaks to, you know, how much the whole top unit was struggling. Like, they just weren't – other guys weren't scoring. Things weren't opening up. Passes to Pasternak weren't there. His shot wasn't there. Um, I do think Hampus Lindholm has helped open that unit up a little bit. He just seems to, you know, it's nothing fancy. It's not anything super different than what McAvoy or Orlov does, but just seems to be a little smoother. And I think the way that he can walk the blue line seems to help. Um, You know, I think other guys have stepped up as well. They've been able to get the puck into Bergeron in the bumper more. And you see that, you know, lead to Pasternak's goal on Sunday where he has just kind of a little tap pass over. So they're just getting more looks and, and it just looks much more fluid. Um, so, you know, we'll see if they can, can build off that and continue. But I do think the, the move of putting Lindholm up top in that top unit seems, seems to help. It, it seems like he's a little bit better at running that unit right now than McAvoy was, or than Orlov was in, in his short time there. Yeah, and he scored not on the power play, but he did score um, in the game against Buffalo as well. So so did McAvoy. Um, so it, you are getting scoring from all over. Um, you mentioned the power play goal by Pasternak, but Hathaway scored um, for a second. Bertuzzi scored, but they took it back because he kicked it. Um, uh, he's so keeps coming real close, but uh, no cigar for him quite yet. But yeah, they got they got the scoring from not just the top line, like you mentioned, but um, Coyle and then over the past few games, Frederick has contributed quite a bit. So you're seeing a full team effort. Um, maybe their most complete effort of the season. It just looks like so easy for them what they were trying to do. They're getting it done. And Coyle has looked that the third line in general, which I guess we should probably mention lines were jumbled up because with Krejci out, um, everything was a little bit different. So Zaka was centering the second line with Bertuzzi and Pasternak. I don't, I want to get you guys thoughts on that. 
Um, and then Greer was up on the third line with Coyle and Frederick, which was, you know, another guy in Greer that you throw up there. And he's another tough guy on that line. I wouldn't want to go up um, against Frederick coming on this side and Greer coming on the other side. Um, Cause those are two guys that are uh, kind of tough guys. But um, anyway, what do you guys think of the, all three of the bottom three lines were, were a little bit different because Lauko was back in um, and Zaboral played. So we hadn't had a chance to see him in a while. Yeah. Scott did. Um, is my memory fading or did, did AJ Greer play a good portion of the first part of the season with Frederick and Coyle or was that never, that was a combination, right? For yeah. a while. Yeah. yeah, he did. yeah they, they, they were to get, yeah, they were together early on and, and they were a good line. Yeah, and then I think kind of Felino kind of just really kept kept improving, and I think that just kind of naturally ended up switching a little bit. Um, and then obviously Taylor Hall had time with them too. So again, that Coyle and Frederick combination has been yeah. Pretty it was solid during it was year. during the stretch when Marshand was out, so you know everyone had kind of been bumped up a spot. So Greer got some third line time during that time, and then when Marshand came back, everyone bumped down, and you know Greer was basically fourth line from there on out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that that Coyle and Frederick combination has been pretty good for them all year, pretty solid. Uh, you know, there's been stretches um, where the offensive production has dropped off, but and we mentioned it like last week when we recorded, and then since then, like I think Frederick has three goals, maybe four in the last five or six games. Coyle has a couple of goals and some helpers, and you can just tell they're starting to play with that swagger and confidence again down low and beneath the dots, and that's that's where they're successful. Bridget, the uh, the Zaka Bertuzzi passion that combination is interesting to me because that could be a potential line of the future don't you think scott um it could i think they're gonna have trouble re-signing bertuzzi as much as they'd like to um but yeah i mean certainly zach and pasenak you'd have to figure are you know potentially linked together for a while um yeah i thought the the third line especially was great whether it was you know a couple games ago when um Bertuzzi was on it or even Sunday with Greer. I, I think Coyle has been dominant really for a little while now, but especially these last few games, he has nine points in his last nine games now and he's shooting the puck. I think he has 15 shots over the last three or four games, something like that. Um, you know, which comes right after a stretch where he, I think that Edmonton game was especially brutal where they like passed out of multiple grade a looks and i'm assuming there was some sort of meeting or just a talk and like a reminder of like hey like <clears throat> uh, excuse me like i know you're a pass first guy <laughs> i know you always want to look to pass um but you got to shoot when it's there and he has been recently and I, we've seen tyler bertuzzi shoot more which wasn't you know i think he was being a little too deferential when he first joined the bruins um always looking to set guys up which we've seen how good he can be at that. He makes a lot of passes right on sticks in dangerous areas. So you do want him doing that as well, but he's had chances to shoot and hadn't. And now, and I think he has nine shots over his last three games. So just a, a more of a shot first attack mentality in general from those two Frederick three goals in the last three games. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's looked really good. And Coyle, Again, it all starts with him and his puck protection. 
anyone watching on YouTube, we're we're being joined by Melvin right now. Yeah, he decided to pop his head into the camera. He was, I mean, I was keeping him off camera, but he decided he wanted to come say hi. I think he's trying to tell me he wants to leave. But anyway, sorry, Scott, he uh, distracted you. No, I was I was done anyways. But I, you, I uh, you, you can't you can't keep a face like that off camera. Bridget, no. um, Bridget, you mentioned um, you mentioned Zaboral as well, and. Uh, the you know we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fourth line, right? I mean, Garnet Hathaway scores another nice goal for the Bruins. Um, just really a welcome addition for the team, and uh, that stems from um a good outlet pass from Zaboral, who you know displayed patience. Um, it was a bit fortunate the way it kind of ended up on Hathaway's stick. I I don't know if it ended up being an indirect pass off the boards or if it hit a skate or if Hathaway kind of directed it off the boards to himself. But in any in any event. He ends up breaking free down the right wing and, and snaps a shot home. Um, but it's a good idea by Zaboral to have that patience and to just put the puck into an area where Hathaway can kind of retrieve it and not and not turn the puck over. Um, and so that's an example of um, two people you mentioned, Bridget, the fourth line and, and, and Zaboral kind of uh, making an impact on on that game and on the score sheet. How did you feel uh, Zaboral looked, Bridget? So, I mean, he – he did better than I expected, I guess, is is what I would say. Because after being out for so long and also the chemistry, like not having time during the season to build up chemistry on any of the pairs, um, I was worried he was going to be in a place where he might have some frustration. Um, and uh, it was going to be a, a pretty big learning curve to get back into it um, because he'd been, you know, not not – playing consistently for so long. So he, I think he played better than I was expecting. He had, did help, did have a pretty good transition game. I thought, um, helped break the puck out. Um, that was one of the times Brian on the Hathaway goal, but, um, but yeah, he, I thought he looked pretty good. I thought he, you know, didn't do anything that you're like, okay, that's exactly why, like, we don't have him in the game. Like there were no egregious mistakes or anything like that, where you go, oh, you know, well, he's back out. Like we, I guess we can't rest or lava. I guess we can't like get rest for our other guys um, if they needed, or, you know, they wanted, and, and the main thing is they wanted to see what they have for the playoffs. So if he needs to come in, um, if, so, if another defenseman does go down, they know that they have a reliable guy there. So, um, I thought he did pretty well. I thought he, you know, played to some of his strengths. Yeah. And, and he will play more down the stretch, especially with Forbert probably missing a little bit of time. He's already missed the last two games. Um, you know, no real update yet. I'm assuming maybe Tuesday morning skate Bruins are completely off Monday, so we won't hear anything today. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of expecting Forbert to miss a little more time and, I think they want to keep the D rotation going and get, you know, keep guys fresh, get them days off. So, and they want, they do want to get Zabor into some games again, just to see what you have and just to get him more ready than he was, because, you know, he can practice hard and skate and all that and like be part of the team, be around the guys, but actually playing NHL games is completely different. And yeah, I thought, you know, him and Clifton got, they got stuck in their own zone a couple times, but for the most part, yeah, I thought Sabora looked pretty solid. He broke up a couple injuries. Um, you mentioned, you know, the assist on, on the Hathaway goal. 
He also started the breakout on DeBrusque's, DeBrusque's goal with a pass over to Clifton um, that he actually partially whiffed on, but he had so much space that it, it still got there and worked all the same. Um, but yeah, he he ends up playing 18 minutes. His last two games, which first off have been spread over three months, so they don't help all that much anyways, but he only played six and seven minutes in those games. So yeah, because it was a blowout yesterday, they're able to really get him into, into a game with a lot of minutes. They were also able, Montgomery was also able to manage other guys' minutes. Bergeron only played like 11 something. Martian was like 13. So, you know, we've, we've highlighted that a few times this year that Montgomery will in game do like some load management and just totally cut back on some minutes for, you know, those top guys and, and older guys and give it to the fourth line and Zaboral and Clifton and, you know, let them kind of run with a, a heavier workload. Yeah. Zaboral only got like 40 seconds less ice time than McAvoy. So, I mean, they were, and if you look at the time on ice for the defensemen, they're all pretty similar. Um, so it's not, it. everybody was out there for quite a bit. Um, and, Zaboral did get some penalty killing time. Obviously, he'd be expected to do that, especially when you're coming in for Forbert, <laughs> um, that you're going to need to be able to kill penalties as well. The biggest thing for, for Zaboral, in my opinion, if he were to draw into the lineup in the playoffs for one reason or another, is just he just has to – he can't – the moment can't be too big for him. He can't rush plays. He can't – like. Don't don't try to move the puck before you're supposed to because you're trying to avoid a four check hit, or you know don't try to be too pretty and go up the middle. Just keep it simple and play a smart game. And and if he can do that, then Zaboral has you know he has a skill set to be a you know a bottom pair NHL guy. Um, he just he just I just feel like he lacks a bit of uh, I don't know. I don't want to maybe maybe composure or physicality, and I, I don't mean physicality in the sense where like he's not afraid to like hit somebody, but like physicality also means being able to take a hit, right? And I just feel like that's part of the game that he needs to improve on, um, especially if they were to rely on him coming into a playoff series at some point. So that should be the focus for him is just keep things simple um, and smart, and and he can be he can be a reliable option if he has to enter uh, into the picture at some point. 